0: by the world's best artists, featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly, which is now bigger and better than ever, for there are two big additional pages of comics in the Comic Weekly. Insist on the Sunday newspaper that brings you the Comic Weekly. With all his minor difficulties straightened out, Jim is winging his way to the Southwest en route to Central America. There is one little misunderstanding to be cleared up, and that is Kitty St. John's final acceptance of remaining with Jim on his expedition to Panama. Kitty didn't know when she accepted the position from Channing of the FBI that Jim was to be her employer. She swears if she had known, she would have never taken the job. Jim does his best to reason with Kitty, and she finally agrees to let Jim know whether she will remain on the job by the time the plane reaches Albuquerque, New Mexico. Kitty shows no sign of forgiving Jim for tricking her into taking the job as the plane speeds along to its first stop when the co-pilot comes back to the cabin.
1: We'll be in Albuquerque in about 10 minutes, Mr. Bradley. We'll be on the ground for about 20 minutes. Our
2: office has notified us there's an urgent telegram waiting for you. The boy will deliver it to you at the door when we land. Okay, thanks very much. Certainly been a swell trip so far.
1: Glad you're enjoying it, Mr. Bradley.
2: Well, Kitty... You heard what the co-pilot just said. We'll be in Albuquerque in ten minutes.
3: I heard him all right. So? So,
2: how about it? Remember your promise? You said I could have your decision when we reached Albuquerque.
3: I know I did. But we're not in Albuquerque yet. And What's more, I still haven't completely forgiven you for that mean little trick you played on me.
2: Oh, you certainly hold a grudge. Surely after this nice, restful ride, you've got plenty of time to think things over and let bygones be bygones. Well, Kitty, how about it? Is it a deal? Are you going to remain on the job?
3: If I do, it won't be for your sake. The only reason I decide to stay at all is my respect for Mr. Channing. He went to great lengths to get me to accept the job, overlooked my ignorance of shorthand and typing, two essential requirements. I couldn't very well go back on him now.
2: I should say not. Why, what would he think if he got a wire saying you had changed your mind and heading back to Frisco to be embarrassing, to say the least. But uh, we're not going to have to do that, are we, Kitty?
3: No. I'll stay if it's only for Channing's sake. So you can rest easy. I'm in for the duration.
2: That's swell, Kitty. A darn sensible attitude and a very, very wise decision. Now, look. We're dropping down and circling the field now. Here's the airport over there to the left have a good chance to get out and stretch our legs.
3: Oh, don't forget about that urgent telegram waiting for you on your arrival. Who do you suppose it's from? Oh, Channing, perhaps. Maybe cancelling this little trip.
2: Oh, no, it's nothing like that, Kitty. This little trip isn't going to be cancelled for quite a little while yet. Maybe Channing warning us of some developments. But we'll find out in no time at all. We're heading into the runway right now. We'll be out there in a minute or two, and then we'll know what's actually in that wire.
0: As Jim's plane glides to a landing, two men seated on the running board of an automobile scrutinize the approaching plane closely and then slowly get to their feet.
1: Yes, that's him, amigo. That's the gringo's plane coming in now. Well, I got to get going and finish that little job and get home for supper. Good luck, Pedro. I'll be waiting for you with a car ready to give you a nice fast ride home. All right, but don't forget, have the motor running. Meet me down at the other end of that big shed down there. There'll be no one down there by that time. They'll all be out fixing the gringo's plane. Well, if they are not, nobody's going to chase us for a while. (laughs) There are only four cars around
0: here and I have fixed them so they cannot follow us. Yeah. Once we get in the hills, amigo, we are safe, huh? Yeah. Hurry. Bring us
1: is land. You don't want to miss him, Pedro. No, huh? Don't worry, don't worry, <laughs> Franco. Pedro never misses. He is as good as dead right now, amigo. As dead as that chicken that is home stewing in the pot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get the car started and move it down the far end of the building there, like I told you. You haven't much time. This little job of mine will be over in a few minutes. Don't worry about Franco. He'll be there to take you away. Now you hurry up. Do job. <laughs> hey, look. Plane is stopped now. Good luck, amigo. They are getting out. There's the blonde senorita. Now comes the Hindu. That's right. And now comes the gringo.
0: That's the man. I go now, Franco. As quickly and stealthily as a cat, Pedro slips across the roadway and disappears into the deep shadows of the big hangar. His right hand moves into his coat and eases the revolver in its shoulder holster. Silently, then, he awaits his unsuspecting victim, Jungle Jim Bradley. A few hours earlier in San Francisco, in one of the main business thoroughfares, a similar deadly ambush has been planned and executed. A tall, swarthy-looking individual strolls down the middle of the sidewalk working his way through the crowds, hurrying off to business. Beside the entrance to an alley between two buildings, a woman is selling flowers. She sees the tall, swarthy man approaching and moves toward him.
3: Nice, fresh flowers for your buttonhole? How about a nice red rose, eh? Wear a flower to work, mister.
0: Oh,
1: thanks. I don't wear them, my business lady.
3: Lots of people you do business with wear them. How about this nice, pretty blue flower? Ah,
1: no, thanks. Save that for somebody else. One of your best customers.
3: Very well, I will. I'll save it till the right man comes along. Flowers? Nice fresh flowers for your buttonhole? Wear a flower to work. Brighten up the day. Flower for your buttonhole, sir? Nice blue cornflower for your buttonhole. (laughs) Heh. Very becoming. Matches your shirt and tie. Only 15 cents. Let me pin it on for you.
1: Okay, okay. But make it snappy. I'm in a hurry.
3: Yes, sir. There you are. No sooner said than done.
1: Okay. Here's a quarter. Keep the change. Hey! What happened there? Hey! 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 So this is the picture as I see it. Inspector Channing of the FBI had just come in from the airport. He was walking from the downtown terminal of the airline back to his office. Just before he reached the entrance to his office building, he stopped to buy a flower from the old flower woman. She pinned the blue flower in his buttonhole, and he started to walk away when he was cut down by a burst of shots from a forty-five automatic. That's right. No one, not even the old flower woman, just a few feet away, saw anything. No one could say who fired the shots or where the murderer went. That's it, D.A., it's a typical gangster killing. It certainly is. There's been dozens of them in every big city in the country. Now, it's a few minutes before nine. Yeah? That narrow stretch of sidewalk is crowded with people rushing to work. Two buses have stopped and unloaded. This G-man, Inspector Channing, stops long enough to buy a flower, as he's been doing every morning for a couple of weeks now. The mob that did the killing knew that. Sure they did. Trigger man knew it. He knew he could get close to his victim in that crowd and blaze away without hitting anyone else. As soon as the crowd heard the shots and see the G-man fall, there's a panic. People starting milling around, which gives the trigger man plenty of time and opportunity to slip through the crowd and make a clean getaway. Yeah. How soon after the shooting were your men on the job? Immediately. Traffic officer Ryan was a half block away and came on the run. Patrolman Menzies was talking to a bank guard a few doors up the street, and both he and the bank guard came running. Uh The radio patrol car pulled up in less than three minutes. By that time, the crowd had grown, and all the officers had their hands full. They managed to talk to several people who were right around the scene of the crime, but none of them were in use. Uh They all told the same story. They heard the shots, saw the G-man slump to the sidewalk. No one saw anyone with a gun. Nobody remembers anything but a lot of excitement and panic. Now, what about this Gardenia Annie? Oh, she saw him, yes, but before the shooting. She was walking west. He was coming from west to east. She stopped as she always does, sold him his flower, pinned it in his coat lapel, and went on her way. She'd taken maybe a dozen steps when she heard the shots, paid no attention for the moment, thought it was the backfire of a car. But when she heard screams and saw people running, she turned around and started back, pushing her way through the crowd. But she didn't have much luck. Now, She nearly got upset and trampled on. Patrolman Menzies finally rescued her and got her story. And you're still holding her? No. No, he had no more to hold her on than anyone else in that crowd. She's back peddling her flowers up and down Market Street right now. You don't think she put the finger on him for some mob, huh? No. No, she's been around here for years. We've got a record. She's been selling flowers to the bankers, brokers, and businessmen for years. Uh, They consider her a sort of good luck mascot. Oh, I know dozens of them. They buy a flower every morning. Yeah. Yeah, she gives them a little sales talk, jokes with them. Oh, she's harmless enough. Say, if I had the slightest suspicion, I would have held her to you, eh? I would, huh? You don't think this job was done by any of our local mopses either? I'd say no. I'm bringing them all in for the lineup. The G-men want to look them over. But if you ask me, this was a big-time job, carefully planned and pulled off by a bigger and more powerful mob than we have around here. Yeah. Our punks are dumb, but smart enough not to knock off a G-man. They know that spells plenty of trouble. Yeah. Well, get me a full report from the ballistic department, the coroner and the officers and witnesses. Yes, sir. Send them all over to the FBI. This looks like a big job for them. Uh, Hey, wait, D.A., what about the people on that plane that Channing went to see take off this morning? Oh, Washington's taking care of them. I only hope they warn them in time.
0: And so the bullets of a cowardly assassin strike down the courageous Inspector Channing and cut short a brilliant career. But what of Jungle Jim? The same fate meted out to Channing is awaiting Jungle Jim as he steps into the shadows of the big hangar at the Albuquerque Airport. Will the headquarters in Washington warn him in time? Don't miss the next exciting episode in the adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure pictures. Say, fellas, and you too, girls, do you save stamps? If so you'll want to begin collecting the stamps of your favorite movie stars like James Cagney, Sonia Haney, Cary Grant, and a host of others. You'll find these stamps in the new Hollywood movie feature, Sea and Stars. In addition to featuring pictures and stories of unusual interest about your favorite movie stars, there is a special Sea and Stars stamp for your collection. Each week, you'll find the face of one of your favorite movie stars on a special stamp. Why not begin to save them with next Sunday's Sea and Stars in the comic weekly which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper more thrilling radio adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at the same time next week over the same station be sure to tune in